And anyone who's been hit by deep, deep, deep grief knows just how disorienting it is, how challenging it is on the body, how hard it is on your mental health and your brain, not to mention your emotions, which is like the more obvious piece. Um, and we live in a culture that encourages distraction and numbing. And so, you know, for the men, especially, it's like you're raised your whole life to not express any sensitivity. And then you come to a, a breaking point and you're handed, you know, 20 different drugs, distractions, porn, you name it, like there's something to numb and distract. And so, you know, we're living in an environment where it's really, really easy to not do the one thing that will actually free us and allow us to move through, like you said, because, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation that grief is a teacher for me. It's changed who I am and my depth of compassion for myself and others. And, you know, if we want to extract the alchemical gold, we have to actually be with what's there and be with it fully. Welcome to Masculine Mastery, a show dedicated to helping men open their hearts, rise into their greatness, and liberate their most alive, awakened, and authentic selves. My name is Christopher August, and I invite you to join me each week alongside some of today's most respected thought leaders, where we'll be diving deep into a wide range of topics to support the evolution of masculinity and the consciousness of this planet. Mastery Podcast. And today I have a very special guest, one of my dear friends, Nina Camille. And she is a mentor. She's a community builder. She is the founder of Experience Freedom. And this conversation is very, very special, very powerful, very transformative as we dove deep into grief and something that we don't often talk about grief what is it how can we work with it how can we use it as an opportunity to get to know ourselves on a deeper level what are the core teachings of grief you know anybody that's experienced loss in their life whether it's a person a pet gone through trying times, you know, often, oftentimes through those processes, through those experiences, we don't really face the fullness of the emotions that arise from going through such an experience. And Nina has had her fair share of experiences losing her mother. And when we recorded this podcast, she had just lost a dear friend just days earlier. And so grief is certainly not foreign to her, and she's had to really work with it, alchemize it, and, and learn from it. And she shares so many powerful experiences, stories from her relationship with grief. And yeah, as I'm, this is one of my, my favorite conversations as we really opened up everything and we're just completely raw and authentic and yeah I'm just super super stoked for you guys to check it out and listen to it before we get into the episode I just want to tell you about a few things number one I'm actually going to be featured as a speaker on Nina's challenge the freedom challenge and this challenge is really about helping you to explore and embody true freedom and connection within yourself. And she has a beautiful and very powerful lineup of different speakers that are going to be sharing their wisdom, their insights on what freedom means to them. And She's also going to have meditations, activations. Um, there's going to be different bonuses and just really, really incredible experience. This is a 10-day free challenge. So all you got to do is 
put in your name and email and you sign up for free. I'm going to include the link in the show notes so you guys have that. Um, you can read through the page, check it out, see if it resonates. But I'm really excited to be featured on there, to be, yeah, really amongst a lot of other beautiful souls that are going to be sharing uh, their gifts and their reflection. So um, I will put the link in the show notes. You can check it out, click it, and hope to see you guys there. Uh, And also, one last thing I want to mention. If you've been listening the past few episodes, I've been talking about my upcoming retreat, Elemental. This is a seven-day men's retreat. It is going to be very, very powerful. We are going to be in Hawaii on the Big Island at a beautiful three-acre property, incredible property that has fruit trees. It has a temezcal. It has these really, really cool huts, and it's very, very primal. And we're going to be connecting with the elements, with air, with water, with fire, with earth, and with ether. We're going to be doing nature hikes, going on excursions to swim with dolphins, go and climb up volcanoes. We're going to be dancing and swimming in these mo- the most majestic waterfalls and so, so much more. There's going to be workshops, uh, wisdom teachings, breath work, sound healing, movement. I mean, we are just bringing the heat. I am going to be co-facilitating this with my dear friend, Sean Graves, who you've probably heard on the podcast before. And it is just going to be such a nourishing, healing, and yeah, fully expansive experience. And so if you are interested, if you are at a crossroad in your life right now and you are going through some challenges in yourself and your relationships, you're looking for clarity, you're looking to heal the wounds of the past and really step into your power and your potential, this is the opportunity for you. Come join us. It's going to be a small group of men on the big island doing the work and leveling up. So if you want to know more about that, I will also put that in the show notes. You can check that out. And other than that, if you like the podcast, you enjoy the guests that I'm featuring, that I'm having on, the conversations that I'm having, please rate, follow, subscribe to the podcast. It really helps me to get more messages out there into the hands of the people that need it. So Thank you guys so much for all of your support. I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate you. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the other side of this conversation. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Masculine Mastery. And today I have a dear friend on the podcast, Nina. And Nina and I had met just a few months ago in Kauai, Hawaii, and she is uh, friends of many people that I know and really uh, I hold deep reverence and respect for her and her work and everything she's up to in the world. And and Nina, if you don't know her, she's a transformational coach, facilitator, founder of Experience Freedom, and just doing so many wonderful things in the world to hold space and to help people heal and expand themselves. And, you know, today is a, a really powerful conversation, I feel, and, you know, something that we've been talking about for a while to really bring into focus. And that is the topic of grief. And I feel like it's a, an emotion, a feeling that doesn't really get talked about enough. And a lot of people are so used to stuffing down the feelings of grief and thus manifest as some pretty serious disease as well as all emotions. If they get stuffed into the body long enough, they will show themselves in different ways. But Nina has gone through quite the uh, transformational, you know, I guess experiences in, on so many levels from losing some very dear people in her life. And, you know, something that I, I want to bring light to and speak about openly and, and raw and honestly. So uh, welcome. I appreciate you coming on today. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, before we get into, you know, what's been transpiring in your life and what's been going on in regards to what you've been feeling and and uh, all of the different things that I'm sure we'll touch on, I just want to 
have the audience just get to know you a little bit. So talk a little bit about your background, um, you know, and what parts of your story that has really brought you to where you are in this moment right now today. Mm, yeah, I find it so fascinating how the way that I share my story evolves so much as my life continues to unfold. Um, it's kind of like one series of awakenings after another. Uh, and, you know, grief has really been a teacher for me really since the beginning. Uh, you know, I, I had a similar upbringing to many kids who are raised in a somewhat chaotic environment who are highly sensitive. Um, I didn't really understand my gifts when I was young. And so I developed the personality that would get me likability and I got really good at that. Um, and then, you know, as we mature and I started to bloom into young adulthood, I kind of started to look around my life and ask that question that we all ask at one point in our journey, which is who am I? Like what, what, actually is true for me if I've been performing all the ways that family, society, men, uh, other sisters want, uh, if I've been performing this role that has been desired of me and I've gotten really good at it and I've even really won the external game, right? At 28, I think I had pretty much everything I had ever really wanted as a young adult. I had a really cool job and really cool friends and a beautiful partner and a gorgeous apartment in San Diego and this, you know, reputation that felt like solid social status. And, you know, I kind of looked around at my life and I was like, what am I doing? Is any of this actually true for me? Or did I just do all the things I thought I was supposed to do? Because right now I feel very empty and I feel like I, I won the game that I was playing and I don't like it. And so it was really disorienting because I had no idea who I was if I wasn't all of these things. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, I went on a journey of discovering what was actually true for me and moved to the Caribbean, became a yoga teacher, um, ended a relationship, fell in love again. And uh, it wasn't until that new relationship ended in somewhat of a shock to me. Um, I was very, very attached to this person and totally identified with our love and really leaning on him for my sense of self-worth. And I just wouldn't entertain an idea where we didn't end up together. And so in, in my world, like this was it happily ever after. I'm going to live on this island in the Caribbean and teach yoga and have all of his Caribbean babies. And like, we're good. This is it. And then I came home from work one day and he ended our relationship and I was completely shocked. Like I've never been that shocked in my life. Like I shared, I've always been a really sensitive person, which means I'm very attuned to the beings around me and I can usually see what's coming long before it arrives, uh, but not this time. And so it really, really rocked my entire world, like flipped everything I thought to be true upside down. I was questioning questioning whether or not the sky was actually blue. Like that's how disorienting it was. And I moved home to San Diego. I packed up two years of life in the Caribbean within about 45 minutes. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm out. And I just kind of bailed on my entire life. And I went back to San Diego where I had been for the prior 12 years with no idea what I was going to do or where I was going to live or how I was going to make money. And I just really had this blank slate. And it was the first time that I ever gave myself permission to be sad. So as I was allowing myself to feel the pain of this breakup, it wasn't just the pain of losing this partner that I was so attached to. It was pretty much every ounce of pain I had ever bypassed for most of my life. And I let it really rip me apart. And I wasn't treating myself well and, you know, went through a series of initiations on how to care for myself and how to show up in the world. And I finally started to really feel like I was healing from this breakup and getting my feet back underneath me and back in my meditation practice. And I quit drinking alcohol. I quit having sex with people that I wasn't in a committed partnership. I like really slayed everything out of my life that wasn't totally in alignment. And I was on this like fierce path of care for myself and get back to, you know, discovering who I really am now. Uh, and as soon as I started to come up for air and find a bit of a rhythm, I got a phone call that 
one of my chosen brothers, a man that I have been in deep, deep, like siblinghood friendship with for many, many, many years of my life had died from an accidental overdose. And he was 31 years old. We both were, and we were texting on a Monday and by Wednesday he was gone. And it like once again, I was brought to my knees with this feeling of loss and grief. Only this time I, I couldn't process it with him and he was actually gone. Um, and that just kind of gave me this like double down of the experience of grief within 10 months. And it almost forced me to learn to be with my own range when I just really didn't have that in me before. Um, and funny enough, one of Brandon is his name, uh, my brother who passed away. Uh, one of his childhood friends who had come to visit us years before reached out to me. I was sharing very openly about my process of grief and how I was caring for myself and moving through the experience of losing one of my best friends so unexpectedly and so young. Uh, and she reached out to me and said, hey, you seem to have something figured out around this and I'm having a really hard time. Can you help me? Um, and so she was actually my first coaching client outside of health coaching. And uh, we lovingly have always joked that Brandon actually started my coaching business for me. Uh, and it just kind of grew from there. So right now I run a business called Experience Freedom. So I run transformational group containers and retreats, as well as trauma-informed facilitator trainings for other coaches and healers and teachers uh, to discover themselves more fully, to learn to be with their own range and the range of each other. Uh, so mm. it's a lot of trauma healing and relational healing and discovering a spiritual path that's in alignment with you know, your lineage, your resonance, whatever actually feels true for you, developing practices that help you care for yourself when you really need it. Um, because you know, we often, life happens. And it happens when we don't expect it and we're rarely prepared for those really huge life moments. And what I learned very clearly was who I get to be when I'm caring for myself in the ways that my body and my spirit actually really need and who I can be when I'm not doing that. And there was a huge, huge, huge gap. And so that's what I love to teach people and help empower us to understand ourselves and what our needs are and how to communicate them so that we can feel good when feeling good is what's on the table and so that we can navigate and have what we need when life is not as easy as we would hope. Mm. So yeah, that's, mm. that's my story of how I ended up here today. <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing that and for yeah, really providing some insight into your journey. And I think it's important to frame that, you know, before getting into a deeper part of the conversation. And, you know, everything you said there, I think is really important is, you know, a part of being human, it's, it's, I compare it to just like one grand shamanic initiation in the sense that we're going through all of these death and rebirth cycles to get to know ourselves even deeper. And it's through that pain and, that, that deep sense of struggle and challenges that come our way that we grow into, you know, higher aspects of ourselves and discover ourselves opening our hearts even deeper to our, to ourselves and to life and to others. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, you've gone through quite, quite the initiation on so many levels. And, you know, I think people listening to this, especially the men that are tuned into this conversation today, you know, one of the biggest things is, is as men, as we all know, is like, you know, taught to suppress and repress everything. And, you know, even women too, on, on some levels, but men, you know, the programming runs deep in that, in that regard. And so, you know, what is the, I guess, first step in your opinion, you know, your, your, experiencing this grief, this pain, you know, what is, how do we, how do we move through this and not allow it to just be suppressed and, and buried within us? What is, what does that look like for you personally, your process that you've been through? Yeah, I've been hit so deeply with grief since then. Uh, and it genuinely looks different every single time because mm. I agree with you. I think grief is something that is not discussed enough because there are a lot of grievers out there. And it's mm -hmm. like, we don't even know. And anyone who's been hit by deep, deep, deep grief knows just how disorienting it is, how challenging it is on the body, how hard it is on your mental health and your brain, not to mention your emotions, which is like the more obvious piece. Um, and we live in a culture that encourages 
distraction and numbing. And so, you know, for the men, especially, it's like you're raised your whole life to not express any sensitivity. And then you come to a, a breaking point and you're handed, you know, 20 different drugs, distractions, porn, you name it. Like there's something to numb and distract. And so, you know, we're living in an environment where it's really, really easy to not do the one thing that will actually free us and allow us to move through, like you said, because, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation that grief is a teacher for me. It's changed who I am and my depth of compassion for myself and others. And, you know, if we want to extract the alchemical gold, we have to actually be with what's there and be with it fully. Um, And so the first thing that I guide anyone to is a daily meditation practice because it teaches us to be with ourselves and to be with what's there and to be comfortable in stillness. Um, And it starts to calm the part of us that wants to run or fight or shut down uh, when things are really activating. And so, you know, training your nervous system before you need to is really, really helpful. Mm. Um, And then when it comes to the actual emotional processing, you know, really learning to understand yourself. Some people can release and and move through emotion better when they're alone. And other people actually move through way better when they're being held. And so really getting to know yourself and understanding, you know, what type of support do I need? How can I be with this right now? Even if it feels too big to touch, how can I just be with a little bit of it? Um, And, you know, we have to titrate too, because the reality is like, your best friend or your mom or someone you love that your world is like co-centered around, like the world is relationship, whether you think you're sovereign or not, like (laughs) you're co-regulating in every moment We're one field, someone dies and your entire world flips upside down. And then you're generally expected to go to work on Monday or to go to the grocery store. Mm. And it's like, when you're in grief, it's like, you're looking around at everybody just going about their day like it's a normal day. And for you, it is not a normal day. Everything is different in the world now. And so it's very disorienting and isolating, even if you're surrounded by other people who are grieving. And so having that support and that understanding of self and that emotional freedom is just an absolutely vital ingredient for like I said, extracting the gold out of these experiences that are so challenging and yeah, it can be really scary to be with something so big that it feels like it will take us under, but that's usually where the magic actually happens. It's where our gifts are born and where new connections Mm. are birthed. So, yeah. So what I want to do is I I just want to zoom out for a moment because you mentioned so many powerful things in there and things that I really want to touch on even deeper, but just to take a, a broader perspective here, you know, the, from a cultural perspective, as you mentioned, you're meant, you're grieving one day, um, you just lost somebody and then you're expected to go to the work the next day. And that shows just as a over, you know, sort of blanket over our society, what our feelings are around death in general. We're terrified of it and nobody wants to talk about it. And we'd rather just, just put it away and push it down even further and further and further. Right. And, um, I think these conversations like this is really important to bring light to this because really the only ticket that you bought is to be born and then to die. And then there's things in between that. Right. And even from a birth standpoint, it's such a portal. It's a transformational process watching, you know, my partner go through that journey and have a child in the world now. And then, you know, most people, fortunately being entrepreneurs, we don't have to do this, but for most people, it's like, Hey, you should be back at work in four weeks. It's like, just went through one of the biggest processes of my entire life and the death and death is the same thing as well. And we just don't look at it. So I appreciate you bringing consciousness and awareness into this space because I think these conversations are so incredibly important. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And for the masculine death is of ultimate consideration, right? Like the masculine energy in all of us considers death and um, nothingness and also 
wants to like test it and test the edge of death and can we meet death and face it? You know, there's this like conquering energy as well. Um, and I agree that we live in a culture that basically pretends it doesn't happen. Uh, and it's wild. It really is so wild how many people are so deeply touched by grief and don't talk about it and work doesn't stop. And in some cultures it does. Um, a dear friend of mine took her own life about four days ago and her father is a rabbi and in Jewish tradition, um, there are a lot of really beautiful ways that they honor the like passing through of a soul. But one thing that happens is that the immediate family members, I learned this um, this weekend, they tear their shirt. And so people in public do actually know that they're grieving. And there are other little signs and symbols that show people around them, I'm grieving right now. I'm grieving the loss of somebody who was very, very close to me. And I, when I learned that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I wish we had that in like, you know, in the U.S. and more Western cultures and in any, you know, community where we can signal like, no, I cannot pass you the salt. My mom just died. I, I can't, like, I can't do anything. Like, do not ask me for a favor. Don't make a request of me. I am barely keeping it together and processing death. Um, and so I, I also appreciate that you're even bringing this conversation to light because grief is something that I just feel so deeply connected to. And um, I feel really devoted to being a safe space for grief within myself and also for others. And just to, mm. you know, continue to have this conversation because almost everyone has grieved at some point. And if you mm. haven't, you probably will. Or need to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You. Yeah. You know, I think the other thing that, that really shows up here is like, you know, I appreciate you sharing that about that sort of cultural experience of people doing that and people understanding that. And I think the other, the other side of this too is on the spiritual end, right? Cause like we both exist in, you know, various communities, but I think from, um, sometimes in the spiritual communities, at least what I've witnessed and, and I'm not just saying this is a blanket term, but you know, in some communities that I've seen, it's like, oh yeah, no, you know, death is just a part of life. And, you know, of course it is. It's like, we're human. We're ultimate beings. We're spiritual beings having a human experience, but because we can come into our emotions, into the depth of that and actually feel that that's, that's a part of our humanness. And I think a lot of times in alternative communities, it wants to be bypassed and it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's just a part of life, you know? And I'm like, well, <laughs> we're also, we're also human here and it's, it's okay to feel it. And, and that's what actually makes you more of a spiritual being because you're forging yourself through the fires of this, this experience and then merging your spirit into this. And it, it, it's a really powerful chemical process. So I think it's very important to talk about and to look at. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> the amount of spiritual bypassing that happens around grief and death is, is almost shocking. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people gave me some like super weak blanket spiritual truth when my mom died last year. And I just was like, I actually don't need you to tell me that she's still with us because she's not. Like, I was born out of this woman's body. Like, her yoni was my portal to planet Earth. And her body is not here anymore. So you can't actually tell me that, that she isn't gone. Is her essence here? Is her light? Is her love a legacy that is untouchable? Of course. And uh, the reality is, for someone who's grieving the loss of a body of a human being that they were in deep relationship with, that's not helpful. Like, it's just not. You know, if someone is reaching for spiritual meaning and they request that from you, great. Like, please provide context spiritually if that's necessary. But what you're describing is actually most often the opposite. It's if I'm in an expression of grief or loss or sharing about somebody that has left the planet, left their earthly body, uh, most frequently the people who are throwing these blanket spiritual bypass type of statements at me are people who haven't 
been touched by grief or like you said, they haven't given themselves permission to actually acknowledge the amount of pain that can come in grief because it's easier to just say, oh, she's always with you or, oh, he's still with us. Um, You know, it's a bypass really for them. And it's challenging, I think, for people who haven't met themselves on a deep level to be anywhere near someone who is in a process of meeting themselves on a deep level. And this Mm. is very rampant in the spiritual community um, or the conscious community, you know, and uh, it depends on where you go, of course, and there's levels of consciousness in any community, including the conscious community. Um, And I find that it's a a really big gift for those of us who are a little bit more mature in our spiritual development to show those people who are still more comfortable in the spiritual bypass, like the beauty and the rawness of honoring the full spectrum of our humanity, because it's why we're here. Like I'm in a body because I chose to be. And so I'm actually going to honor the importance and the beauty and like the matter and the form because I chose to be in one right now, which means I'm going to do the same thing for anybody who passes and dies. Like the form is the container for our soul in this incarnation, in this place, in this moment. And like, that is the beauty of it. And so, you know, if you even want to go really wide spiritual, it's like, if oneness wanted to experience itself, and that's why we split into these fragments so that we could remember that we're one, but the point was to have an other, right? To be in relationship. Like the bhakti yogis would say, sure, like you can go non-dual every day and everything is God, but being in love is more fun. And so like the point of being separate is to be in love, not to be so attached that we're suffering, but to be in relationship with other, which includes your family and the people Mm. that you care about. And so when they go, it's, it's part of the dance to allow yourself to feel what's real and to feel the humanity and to feel the grief, even if you have a sense of oneness or non-dual belief system. You know, it's like, I'm here now doing this thing. Let's really be all in and extract the richness of the experience, which includes grief. Mm. Beautifully said. Yeah. I, I, every word you said very much resonates and, you know, I keep getting brought back to Gene Key 36. I know you're into the Gene Keys because we talked about it, which is the shadow of turbulence, the gift of humanness and the city of compassion it's one of my favorite ones because it speaks to exactly the conversation we're having today. And I think uh, there's a lot of wisdom to be drawn from that of, of our humanness. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do in regards to this department. And and one thing that I do want to mention for anybody listening to this, maybe, you know, you're not unsure if there is grief within you, if there, if you're feeling it, if you've ever experienced it and maybe you've just suppressed it. You know, where for my experience in working with and doing a lot of somatic work with people, you know, grief has also related into Chinese medicine showing up in the lung area and in the chest. And a lot of people, if you so, if you needed a good indicator tuning into your body, and if that starts to, you know, really surge with energy, that's generally where we carry it. Of course, there's other places, but that's generally where we carry it. So just to kind of put that out there, and and also, you know, just speaking from my experience. I had a really dear friend, um, a family friend when I was younger, he passed away suddenly in the heart attack. And, um, it was, it was a, my first encounter with death in a, you know, pretty powerful way. Um, and outside of my grandmother who passed away, but I was very close with this family and, and this woman, um, who's still here with us, she, um, has gone years and I'm not sure if she's still healed, but she did have traces of lung cancer that were developing because she hasn't fully went into that, that process and transmuted that fully. And, and you it shows up physically in, in that way. So does any other emotion that gets buried. So I just wanted to bring that into the table in case somebody's like, Oh, am, have I felt it before? Have I not? So if there's anything you want to add to that as well, cause I know you're into the same sort of you know, realm of work. Yeah. I'm just really appreciating like the range of this conversation, because even if you are not feeling super connected to maybe some of the spiritual perspective that I just offered, um, the reality is we have to be with what's there in order for our body to be healthy. 
and everyone kind of needs that. And so, you know, I very much, I wrote about it a few days ago because I'm currently grieving my sister who just passed that like my lungs hurt, like I can feel my lungs and that's exactly where grief is often stored, you know, heart, chest, lungs, even like back of the heart, um, but definitely in the lungs. And, you know, I just really appreciate the reminder that it, it, it's energy and so it will live somewhere. You know, we can give ourselves permission to create space for it. And one of the ways that I encourage people to do this is through ceremony, is through like honoring what we're grieving. Um, the work of Martine Prachel is, you know, grief is praise. We only grieve what was so beautiful that it hurts to lose. Um, and other times people that. will say like, grief is love with nowhere to go. Um, and so any drop of grief is praise for what we are grieving. And so grief can be beautiful. And that's not mm. to, you know, overly identify with grief and stay there forever. But, you know, just knowing that grieving properly is a way to really honor the love that you felt with whatever it is that you're grieving. And one of the ways we can honor anything is through ceremony, right? We have um, funerals, we have weddings, we have christenings we have all these different ceremonies as human beings and we can do the same thing with you know a personal grief process and it helps us move energy that's really the idea so that we're not keeping it and storing it in the body like you mentioned especially in the lungs which is a really important part of the body you know no breath no life you of all people know that you know so thanks for sharing that piece because it it really matters the way that we honor our emotions affects every ounce of our vitality. It just does. And can you imagine a world that everybody is honoring that, you know, what, what a world would look like in that case, you know? And so that's like really the journey is just opening a closed heart and being and that, that means going into these experiences that may be deeply uncomfortable and painful, but that is the process of our awakening, right? And, you know, we go through many of those awakenings. And I'm curious to know about some of the sort of main teachings that you've received that's helped awaken you to deeper levels through this process of, of grief. Hmm. There's something about grief that has just been so personal for me. And the way that I witness people meet their grief is you know, there's something special about it where, you know, as I mentioned, I lost my mom last year and there are other people in my life who have lost their moms too young, like, you know, pretty similar mid thirties, lost their mom unexpectedly um, and met so many of the layers that I was also meeting. And, you know, no one will ever be in your relationship. And so even if I'm standing next to a sister who's my same age, who lost her mom around the same time, like she doesn't get it because she's not me and her mom's not my mom. And so there's this, this like deeply connecting and also isolating at the same time force that grief is where in my experience, learning to be with the fullness of my grief has really taught me that I can be with anything. And if I have that teaching within myself, this is now like an embodied sense of wisdom. It's not an affirmation that I'm repeating or a dream that I'm, you know, tossing into the field. It's, oh, I have sat through actual hell and I let it rip me apart. And I also kept my business together and my body and most of my relationships and I survived it. Oh, so pretty much nothing can take me out at this point. If I can survive the things that I'm the most afraid of, then I'm okay. And I don't really have a whole lot to fear anymore, which is great. But what happens next to me is really where the beauty occurs, which is not only do I have this sense of inner knowing that I can be with absolutely anything that happens in my life, I know I have the capacity for it. Uh, I can also be with anyone else and their experience. And not only can I be with them, 
I believe and know fully that they too have the capacity to be with anything that life brings them. And so now when people sit with me and they're moving through something huge or insurmountable or it feels impossible, I'm looking at a being and I'm like, actually, I know that you got this because I know what it's like to feel like I don't got this and I I actually did. And so having that level of knowing in your own being makes you a space for healthy transformation. And it makes you a really clear, powerful mirror for the people around you because like, you won't see me pity really anyone because I know what we're capable of. And I know that if I have the capacity to be with something that I thought would actually kill me of emotional pain, like I hurt so bad emotionally multiple times in my life where I thought I would die from it. And I remember asking myself in those moments, like, how do people survive this? How? Like, I don't think I can move on from this amount of emotional pain. And yet I did. And I have and experienced joy and new, you know, life connections. And there's still beauty here. And so I know that other people have the capacity for that as well. Um, And so a lot of us won't do the thing just for ourselves right? Like we're, we're as a, you know, as a collective, we're not super great at really caring for ourselves. Um, But most of us have a heart of service in there somewhere. And if we remember that it's not just for us, it's for who we get to be in the world. It's for how we show up and how people feel around us when we're able to meet ourselves this deeply, like that to me is the inspiring gift. That's like the thing that gets people to go, oh, okay, I want to be a safe space for others. I want to be a living reminder that we are powerful and capable of being with every single ounce of life and we have everything that we need. And if you want to be that in the world, like you got to live it first, you know, like you said, like you have to go through your own initiation in order to be an actual carrier of that wisdom. And if you're being initiated by life in any way, it means that your gifts are expanding. And it means that like you're being initiated into a new level of service and magic that you probably couldn't have perceived of before. Mm. Spot on. Yeah, everything you just mentioned there was so, so powerful. And yeah, you know, like, it's, it's, it's a must. It's a must. If you really are are wanting to step out into a level of leadership or a level of holding space for others, you must embody it. You must walk the talk and, and fully go into it, into the depths of the darkness that are, are there waiting for you. And if you, if you answer the call on the other side of that, as you mentioned, is so much expansion and, and it just keeps going, right? It's like, I was just in a portal death portal myself, uh, you know, a month ago I was, I had suicidal thoughts. I was in a really dark, dark place. And during that, those experiences, I mean, I couldn't think outside of it. All I can think about was going deeper into it and just allowing it as best as I could possibly, you know, could in that moment, even though it was so deeply painful and there's parts of me that just wanted to run. But the more I went through it, the more I went into it, I just came out and recently, even just a week and a half, two weeks ago, broke through onto the other side of this, this sort of, yeah, more inspired action and creativity. And uh, again, all of the gifts that need to come through that experience will, and it's just being in that state of allowance. And that's something that I've had the deepest trouble with is because, you know, I just this deep sense of control, which I think a lot of us humans feel and the resistance to what is in that moment. And so really, I feel the ultimate life lesson for us all is just to let go and to allow and receive and trust the process to the best of our possible ability. And I think that's what these journeys and initiations Mm. do for us in many ways. Yeah, what you're touching on feels like this maturation out of kind of like a level one spiritual development, which is taking responsibility for your experience. Like, you know, um, I created all of this Mm -hmm. with my thoughts. Like, okay, that's like a a helpful step from like victimhood, right? Um, And also like that belief system becomes entropic at some point and we need to evolve. 
um, and look at a bigger picture, which is what you're describing right now, where beyond intentionally creating our life or trying to manipulate reality into what we think we want from the level of mind, there is actually a lot more freedom in learning to be with what is. And like you said, allowing life to present you the miracle mm. and humbly receiving what it is that you experience as opposed to, you know, the very classic like, oh, I manifested this. I'm like, did you or did source like throw you a bone and like you're being ungrateful and your ego is trying to take all the credit right now? Like, was it your witchy ritual or like, were you blessed by the beautiful bounty of life? Like, and what has you feel healthier in relationship to existence. And so, you know, that like trying to manipulate reality, the manifestation, the affirmation, the intention, the choose a different reality or choose a different thought to me often can feel like bypassing or it can feel like resistance to what is. What I'm experiencing now isn't enough. I need something different. So now I'm going to work really hard at creating the thing that's different because I haven't learned to be with what is. Um, and that's not to say that we don't create or see something that needs our attention and we give it our attention and our love. You know, there's inspired action, but really learning to be with everything that is as it is, like that's true freedom. That's being unshakable, really. And from that place, from that level of openness, like I can be with anything that's here right now and keep my peace for the most part. And with all of this willingness and this openness, I also get to play and I get to have a fun thought like, you know, it would be cool right now, this thing. And then it happens because I'm, you know, in alignment and in harmony with what is right now. It's if we're pushing against what is that we get into these mm. dicey places and, you know, resistance can sneak in in a lot of different ways. And a lot of people will say like, well, how do I learn to be okay with a feeling that I really don't prefer, like grief or sadness or despair or anger? Um, and, you know, it takes practice. Like you said, you have to sit with it like every day. It really is. And like, you know, you don't just wake up and be okay with your anger. You say to yourself, all right, I'm going to learn about my anger. I'm going to get curious and I'm going to like learn to love it. And I don't mean love it as in like, I like it and it's my preference. I mean, like hold it in a state of reverence because it is, you know, um, and doing that with these different aspects of the self brings them home. 100%. Absolutely. And, and one thing I always walk myself through if, if, um, Sarah, Sarah's does a, she's been in this realm of working with the shadow and, and integration of, of all of this for many years. And if I don't have her around, I just go through my own process and that I, that I also take other people through. And the one thing I always ask is I talk to whatever it is, fear, sadness, anxiety. I speak to it like it's a person and ask, what message do you have for me in this moment? What attributes am I trying to uh, cultivate through this experience with you? What gifts are in this experience right now? So like those types of questions, you're speaking to it as you're speaking to a person and it almost um, discharges the energy in some way. Um, but it also empowers you then to move forward with whatever it's trying to tell you, because all of these things that we're speaking to grief or anything outside of that is just a, is really just a way for us to, again, deepen ourselves. And it's, it's through these processes that we can get to know them on such an intimate level. And once we do on the other side of that is fucking magic. And, you know, speak to manifestation like this is this is man, like we are always manifesting, right? This is our life. We are creators. We are always manifesting. This is the conscious way of going into the depths and coming out on the other side of that. The intention that you had before will come through because you've made space for that, because you've liberated energy that has been stuck within you and you've actually felt what it's like to feel whatever that emotion is. And on the other side of that is is always gold. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes it's gold that you didn't expect, right? Exactly. Like, I find those of us who continue to really mature in this realm get looser with our manifestations, right? It's not mm. about this like specific thing I think I need because the mind loves details, but the spirit is 
trusting and surrendered. And so it's like, hey, this feels really resonant for me right now. And I'm also available for something better, you know, like this or something better at the end of our our prayers. Um, and what I really appreciate about what you just said is if we if we speak to our anger or our grief or our rage or whatever it is, we also stop identifying as it, which I think is what scares people. If I go into my sadness, I'll just be a sad person forever. If I go into my anger, now I'm angry. I'm an angry, I'm that angry man or woman or being, um, which we know isn't true. But when we're beginning a journey of really honoring our emotions, we don't know that we won't be sad or angry forever. And that's part of why we resist it. And so if we do what you just suggested, it actually allows us to like wear identity more like a loose garment and less like a straight jacket and create some distance. And instead of I'm angry, it's I'm a place where anger is happening. I'm experiencing anger or I feel sad right now. It's not I'm sad. You are not sadness. You're a place where life is occurring and existing. You are a beacon of a soul in a body, you know, your energy. And just like you were sharing, you know, emotions are energy and motion. And so if we do the opening too, we allow the energy to move and that's how we're creating freedom. So many people think that if they run from the shadow, that like it will never catch them, but like, it's just going to stay right behind you. Like what happens when you cast a shadow? There's light and there's a shadow. The only way is to actually stop running, turn around and look right at it, like point the light into the dark place and the darkness dissipates. No one has to excavate the darkness with a shovel. It just dissolves because darkness isn't a thing necessarily. It's the absence of light. And if our attention, our energy, our love, our presence is the light, all we have to do is look at the thing and it dissolves. Um, if you have backed up emotional energy for 40 years, it might take a minute. You might need like a lot of light for a while, um, but it's actually quite simple and we make it way more scary and confusing. And I share this with people that I love all the time. I'm like, stop running from the thing that you're afraid of because all you have to do is face it the one time. Like you're exhausted. You're, you've been running for years. Like, aren't you tired? Stop running. Be with the thing that terrifies you and learn that you can. Because you can. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Wow, there's there's just so much beauty in this conversation. I'm really enjoying this this free flow of thought because you know I think you know right now more than ever humanity, um, you know men who I speak to a lot need some sort of manual in a sense to really understand one the importance of this and two. Um, really how to move through this because we, we're not taught this stuff in school. You know, we're not taught, we're just taught to push it away, push it away. But this is the true work. And this is the work of, you know, courageous men and women on this planet that are doing that to really heal themselves. And then through that process, elevate the collective. And so this is the greatest work anybody can do. And, and this is why I want to keep having these types of conversations because, you know, the more we talk about, it, the more we bring light to it, the more, more people feel the confidence to be able to do this and the courage to be able to go into it. Mm, yeah. Thank you. I want the men of the world to be in their power and in their own capacity. Like that's, that's what we need, you know, and the women too, of course, but like you mentioned, we are much more encouraged from a younger age to have more range in our emotions. And, you know, the more men give themselves permission to be with their own range and also in do it in presence of each other, yes. like men doing men's work together, mm. like that's the way. And I love the, you know, resurgence of it. And there's still like, I have so many dear brothers. I love male friendships. It's something that has just been such a, a huge anchor for me in my life, being deeply, deeply loved by men who are not trying to sleep with me. And I feel really lucky and fortunate that I've had that experience because not all of my female friends have had that. Um, and most of them are still not complaining, but, you know, 
feeling let down or disappointed that they don't feel as held or met by their brothers and they want to. And so I know that there's this deep desire for men to connect with each other um, and they've been taught out of it really. And so there has to be this, you know, coming back together um, amongst the men to really permission each other to be in your range and to be in your fear and your terror and your despair and your sadness and your anger and your rage and frustration, because all of those are valid experiences of the human. And, you know, there are certain things that like, I want a man to be angry about. That's part of what activates the protector in them and like keeps us safe and in balance here on this planet. And so, yeah, just really giving men and of course women as well, but the podcast is called masculine mastery. So, um, like you have a lot of women men surprisingly. I mean, of course, you know, we're all in each other's worlds and that's why I do multi-gendered work because I think it's really fascinating and we have so many gifts for each other. Um, but yeah, just really, really honoring the men who are willing to go into spaces with other men and and hold space for each other and be seen by each other. That's like a, a really, really big, um, place where shame dissolves and freedom occurs and men get their power back. And like, we need that. Thank you for expressing that and for sharing that from, uh, from a female perspective, an outer female perspective, because I feel like a lot of times, you know, men are expected to sort of, and this is maybe, I don't know, I'll speak from my own personal experience, but also men that I speak to is like from an emotional standpoint, be like deeply intertwined with my partner when it comes to my emotions and stuff. When my outlet first wants to come to and express with other men and then bring myself into that process with a partner. Whereas I think a lot of times speaking to a psychotherapist by the name of Michael Gay, who was speaking to, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're our only person to process with might be our partner, right? Girlfriend, our wife, whoever it might be, or anybody else. And this can be a slippery slope in many ways where men really need that community and they really need other brothers around them, holding them in that space and then be able to integrate that back into the relationship if that's the case. So yeah, you know, this, this is, um, there's definitely a resurgence of it and there's a remembrance happening. I think on many levels where men's hearts are beginning to open and like, Oh, so there's more to this. There's more to this. So I'm excited where it all goes. And I think these conversations and the reason I'm doing this is to lend a voice to whatever, whoever needs to hear these messages. And I really, really enjoyed our, our talk today. And, you know, before I let you go, I just want to um, say, you know, I honor you. I see you and I, you know, hear you for everything that you're experiencing. And also, um, you know, just sharing a little bit about the magic that you're bringing to the world through what you're doing. So if you want to share a little bit about that, where people can find you and all of that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I also really appreciate the unfolding of this conversation that feels really relevant. And yeah, like I mentioned, I run transformational group programs for men and women to go through together. Um, to relieve our partners or family members from exactly what you were just describing, uh, where we tend to just lean on the one person and turn them into our therapist, uh, to create group spaces where we learn how to relate to other men, other women, other you know beings that are outside of our social and familial and professional circles so we can practice safe relationship in a lot of different dynamics so that we have the embodied templates for it and we get into what's there and healthily emotionally process and we learn ourselves and each other in a really deep way that we can then carry out into the world um, and so we have programs for every stage of development from somebody who's just starting this work. We have like a six week accelerator. And then I do a four month healing container plus luxury retreat for people who are ready to really deepen, who have probably already done some therapy and group work, um, but really want to like practice and get in there with other people who are at their level. And then I also do a nine month facilitator training for people who want to really understand the way trauma works in the body and the brain and how to facilitate group and one-on-one -on -one healing experiences that are really transformational and integrative um, without using medicines or um, anything other than the power of love and presence really. Um, so if you want to add in your special magic to any of these templates or forms, you're welcome to. So yeah, I, 
my work is my biggest love in this world. And it's just such an honor to be able to shepherd these experiences through because that's really how it feels is I've just been given the gift of being able to deliver what's there in a way that people seem to metabolize easily. Um, A lot of us have a lot of wisdom and helping articulate ourselves so that others can metabolize and receive what we're sharing as a really big piece right now. Um, so you can find me on Instagram is usually the place where I create a lot of connections in this way. And you can find me at, at it's Nina Camille. So I T S N I N A C A M I L L E. And then experience freedom has a website as well. I'm sure you'll share some of the links with yes. this podcast, yep. but it's experiencefreedom.co. Perfect. Well, anybody listening to this, I recommend you go follow Nina and for authentic, raw insights and wisdom and and also for her programs and other things that you can check out. So, yeah, I appreciate you and uh, look forward to speaking soon. Yay, thanks so much. you once again for taking the time to listen to this conversation and just wanted to send you a reminder that if you are looking to embody more freedom within yourself to experience more freedom in your life then come and join me Nina and a bunch of other incredible speakers from November 7th to 18th for the 10-day free freedom challenge it's going to be awesome I'm really really looking forward to it The link is in the show notes, and if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out, and I will talk to you all soon. Peace.